0: I am Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega the Podcast, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where we are giving our mega church a tiny family feel by introducing you to members of our church staff and our community, so you can be blessed by them. What a treat and a treasure. Well, each week I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Greyhives, everybody.
1: Major development.
0: Really? What's up?
1: Well, Hallie... As you know, a few weeks back, I got into a major feud with Glenn Phillips of Toad the Wet Sprocket. Yeah. He's scary. Yeah, he basically stole a song from me. And um, then what happened, Hallie, is someone completely ransacked my apartment. And I'm pretty sure it was him. Then a week after that, someone took all my God coin, which is all my Christian uh, cryptocurrency that I had been. Yeah, that I'd had. Uh-oh. So, you know, all signs were pointing to Phillips. And oh. I had to crash with my friend Clay Mason Bannerman for a while because things really weren't safe. I had to borrow a machine gun from a kid that lived in my building who was an ROTC just to uh, make sure that, you know, I was safe. am not exactly sure how to use it. I can't get the safety off. But, you know, it's a deterrent. And, well, Hallie, it turns out they caught the culprit. Oh! <gasps> The cops showed up at my house or Clay's house late last night and walked in and they arrested Gary Sash.
0: Get out of here.
1: Gary Sash is the third guy that's been hanging out uh, around Clay's place. And they said, yep, they got a, a DNA match, fingerprints and everything. And then they also got him on security cam uh, purchasing a softball bag. Bat from Dick Sporting Goods down the road, and that matched all the bat marks that were throughout my condo. So Gary Sash got hauled off in handcuffs, and I guess, well, you know, Glenn Phillips is still at large, but, you know, it was Gary Sash was coming after me.
0: Wow, that is a development. Well,
1: he didn't like me, and I think he was basically, you know, pretty jealous of the friendship that I had with Clay Mason. And I told you, Hallie, he's a psycho. He's a total psycho.
0: It still really sticks out to me that Gary Sash and Gray Haas have the same letters. Like, Clay Mason Bannerman really only likes guys that have... Well, I can't figure it out. But, so, um, if you're still living at um Clay Mason Bannerman's, uh, how's it going with uh, Minka? Uh,
1: who? Minka. Oh, oh, Minka. Oh, Minka. Your girlfriend. Yeah, we broke up.
0: Oh, you did. We
1: did, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot Greg, to tell you. I'm yeah, sorry. we broke up a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty uh. upset about it. Um, that's actually, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I just haven't really gotten over it yet. So uh. that's kind of why I'm staying at Clay's right now, uh, because you know, I just can't be alone.
0: I understand that yeah. for sure. I mean,
1: he was like, are you going to be okay? And I was like, I don't know. I'm like in a pretty dark place right now. And I've just, you know, I've had to pray a lot about it. And uh, yeah, Clay has basically got me on a 24-hour watch.
0: Oh, what yeah. a good friend. I yeah, mean, he's you are so blessed. to have Your friendship with him is so neat.
1: Yeah, so we've just been, you know, uh, talking about it, but really mostly working out.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah just... I've, I noticed you're looking very buff.
1: Yeah, thanks. Work out, what I like to say is uh, work out to work it out. Oh, that's cool. Work, work it out by working out. Awesome. That's what I say. That's yeah. cool. How's your week, Hallie?
0: Oh, great. My son, Day has been such a piece of work this week. I need some help. He's been saying all this stuff about defund the police. And I says, day, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Who are you going to call when people start murdering or looting and stealing? And he said, well, definitely not the murderers who are looting and stealing our rights. Ugh. So so I said the obligatory, hey, a few bad cops don't make them all bad. You know how you right. got them. And he goes, read the sign on my door, mom. And this cardboard thing says, judging a demonstration by its most violent participants, but not judging a police force by its most violent cops, is the language of the oppressor. And I said, I have no idea what that means.
1: Right. Well, if you're going to talk about the oppressed, I mean, talk about Christians. Exactly. We're the most oppressed people in the world, in America.
0: At we least. really are. We right. absolutely are. And so I just said, Day, the fact remains that you're not going to a protest." Um, and great, he told me he was going to go to your Super Soaker Sunday.
1: Oh, Super Soaker Sunday! Yeah, yeah, that was last Sunday. It was awesome. It's basically where we get all the kids out on the, you know, on the front lawn with Super Soakers, and you know, we just have a big water gun fight in front of the church. And it's really fun because you know a lot. Of, actually, speaking of cops, a lot of the cops in the congregation like to come out and you know have fun with the kids. And they're so good at it, they basically shoot everyone.
0: Oh, if the cops are there and they're 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 holding the super soakers, then everybody's going to be wet. Oh, oh yeah, because they Everyone's know what they're wet. doing exactly. But I don't remember seeing them
1: at Super Soaker Sunday.
0: Well, that's where I'm going with this. Gray, you're gonna you're not gonna believe this. So I said, "Great, go to Super Soaker Sunday. I am totally you know go with my blessing. I'm all in." And instead. He went to the indie protest. Uh, he lied to me, Gray. So Lance and I grounded him, and we took away his Animal Crossing and his Air Jordans. Okay. And my husband, Lance Lebon has been so upset with all the anti-cop stuff that Dave's been spewing because his best friend, you know Trent.
1: Right, yeah. You know
0: Trent. He's a member of the country. So my husband, Lance Lebon's best friend, Trent, is a cop, and Trent is such a lovely uh, person. He's a
1: great guy. He's
0: a great guy. He's one of the good ones. Right. He's one of the good ones. And he's only had a dozen or so misconduct charges filed against him, which is totally normal when you're on the force. That's just one of the things. Well,
1: right. It's the people that are misconducting themselves that are going to, you know, be mad because someone's cracking down on them. So, you know, it's like they're saying, wait, hey, this guy's misconducting himself. And you're going, hey, he's only doing that because you misconducted.
0: Right. They're turning him in because they're just upset. And only a handful of all of those, like, misconduct charges lobbed against him, only a handful of them are violence related. Oh, right. So there. But any huddle, so this morning when I was pulling out of the driveway I didn't even know what to do, Gray I noticed that Day had made a Black Lives Matter sign and put it in the yard
1: Okay, never even heard of that but...
0: And so I text him the obligatory All Lives Matter and oh wait, hold on, it looks like he just texted me back He just texted me back, hold on I'll tell you what it says It says, Do All Lives Matter, Mom? Asking for a kid in a cage hmm. Hmm, I don't get it why is with a
1: kid in a cage?
0: Uh, I'm going to take it to the Lord in prayer, you know what I mean? And just don't ever have a teenager, Gray. Don't do it.
1: Oh, n- never. You know, maybe you need to put him in a cage every weekend just so you know where he is.
0: It's a good idea. <laughs> Patreon has become a lifeline to us while we are underemployed during the great comedy pandemic of 2020. That's
1: right. We got a message this week from a listener saying that she loved the weekly mini podcast for Patreon supporters as much as she loves the mega podcast.
0: That's some high praise. It is. And by that, I don't mean that she must have been high.
1: (laughs) It's a way to pay it forward. We're donating a portion of every new member gift this month to the Loveland Foundation.
0: It's an awesome organization providing therapy services to black women and girls. are
1: helping your favorite podcast help others, so what could feel better than that?
0: Head to patreon.com slash megathepodcast now. Well, just like Jesus was followed by 12 characters as he carried out his ministry, our guest today has 12 characters and more. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Stan Young.
2: Hi, it's so great to be here today, everybody. Welcome,
0: Stan.
1: Hey, Stan, so nice to see you. I'm actually flipping through a few of your titles right here.
2: Oh, I see you've got Captain Savior right there.
1: Yes, I do. Wow, look at that.
2: so cool.
1: Stan, tell us a little bit, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about what you do and what's your background.
2: Oh, well, I'm a comic book writer and artist. And uh, for years, I, you know, I, I worked in the industry and I was struggling to get into those big uh, comic book companies like DC and Marvel. You maybe have heard of Marvel, right? Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, I just wasn't quite in sync with them. And I realized that my faith was really what drew me to my art. My faith and my art were intertwined. And, you know, when you're, you know, struggling printing your own comics, it, it can be hard to find an audience. But then I knew that if I wrote about what I actually cared about, uh, that I would reach my audience. And I've started to do that with things like uh, Captain Savior and uh, The Apostles, which um, you know is, is a whole superhero team who are uh, like really uh, drawn to their faith. And that's what draws them together to, to fight crime. That, that is yeah. so
1: inspiring. It's just so neat that you take, you've taken this form that's popular in pop culture and in secular culture and you've made it a tool to tell people stories that are more Christ-like. I think that's just great.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I I think it's really important for stories to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And and one thing that I really don't like about uh, some of those mainstream comics is that they've been printed for like 70, 80 years sometimes. They're in constant publication and they, they can't give their characters that closure. That's why all of my characters die on the cross eventually.
0: Wow, that's cool.
2: I did a larger format book that uh just focused on um uh Mary Might. Uh, was oh. the name of that character. Mary Might. Yeah. And she was I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a secret. I don't wanna spoil it, even though it's a one shot. She's Mary Magdalene.
1: Oh that's oh, so that's cool. great. Well, I yeah. kind of figured that when I was flipping through it because it seems like by day she's a prostitute and that's by right. night she's a uh, she's a prostitute that
2: fights crime. That fights crime.
0: That is so cool. That is so cool. And she
2: does get crucified at the end. She does get crucified at the end. And you know, the thing about my my primary character I come back to over and over, Captain Savior. A, a lot of people Can I I'm just going to, I'm just going to come out and can kind I of share this something with you guys that I don't really like to talk about. Please Blame. do. A lot of people think it's just Captain America, but Jesus. And I don't think that's true. Yes, their costumes are incredibly similar. They look a lot alike, but where Captain America in the comics, he has an A that's right. right, right on the center of his cowl.
0: Yeah. And
2: my character has a cross there. That's right. right.
0: That's right. So it's totally different.
2: It is totally different. And Captain Saviour, yes, he was drawn into World War II, and he took a super soldier serum to help him fight the Nazis. But the serum, it turns out, was the blood of Christ. And it made him super strong and able to defeat Adolf Hitler. And and he was able to, you know, come back to America and, and fight for, you know, what is good and right and, and hopeful in our society and uh, he has lots of uh, friends that helped him form the apostles and the apostles work together to defeat evil wherever they see it and i don't see that as being a thing like the avengers
0: no that's not even close
1: so i just had one question i guess about captain savior so he 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 does look a bit like captain america but we can see the difference because he's got the cross and he drinks the blood of christ is a serum that gives him his powers and then he assembles the apostles. So, I but then he is crucified, so I'm just a bit confused because is he supposed to be Christ drinking his own blood or that makes that gives him his powers? It, and then he assembles the apostles. I just I'm sorry, I, I got a bit confused. I guess I don't know about comic books.
2: No, that's okay. In the original 12, well, one of the tropes of comic books they say is that you know nobody ever stays dead, <laughs> you know, so right. uh, a lot like Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ didn't stay dead, that's he right. came right back, he just that's pint, right. came right back three days. Didn't even take, you know, a retcon for that. He just did it. Right. That's right. Captain Savior, you know, that's another way he's different than Captain America. Captain America was injected with a super soldier serum and then blasted with Vita rays. That's what made him into Captain America. You were very astute to point out that Captain Savior drinks the blood of Christ. He's not injected with it. He drinks it. And then the big reveal is, yes, he was drinking his own blood the whole time. Okay. But he is not a vampire. I keep telling people he's drinking the blood of Christ as part of a a serum that makes him super
1: faithful. Now, I am looking at your vampire title here, which is uh, Lazarus the Awoken.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That one looks creepy.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I decided to get into like a, you know, as an artist, it's fun for me to explore different genres and horror as a genre. I was like. Well, that's not very Christian. You know, I don't want to scare people or get into the occult. But then I realized, hey,
1: isn't magic just magic? He's also crucified at the end of the book. Is that right? Yes.
2: Now he gets crucified at the end of every issue, but he always comes back.
1: Do you have a do you have a character? And I'm not saying that this isn't, you know, I love that all your stories have beginning, middle and end. But do you have a character that is not crucified at the end of the of the book?
2: Okay, I, I, I see what you're doing here. Uh, You know, a lot of people like to think that, you know, maybe I'm just kind of a one-trick pony, but that is not true at all. I am so excited to tell different stories about different types of people, which is why in my most recent series, Love Girl, it is more of a romance comic. She does not get crucified at the end, but what happens is at the end of the 12-issue arc, You know, she finds a husband, she dutifully marries him, they say their vows, and then they fight crime happily ever after.
1: Oh, that's great.
2: But that's why I said it's so exciting to explore different genres. So I did some horror comics. I've done superhero comics. And now I'm exploring what it's like to do a romance comic. You know, people put pigeonhole comics and they think that we can't really do different genres, but we can. It's exciting to see, you know, words and pictures come alive on the page. And you know, I I'm not the I'm not the stereotypical nerd <laughs> that people think of when they think of comic book readers. I have outside interests. I love playing video games online. I have a huge friend network and we love getting together and playing Smash Brothers on the Switch. You know, it's just me and Glenn and then sometimes, you know, we'll get together and we'll just beat each other up and it's a
0: total blast. That's a nice outlet, sounds like. Now I guess I have
1: a few um, questions. How yeah. did you get involved in comics? Because it's just something that, you know, when I, most of the time, yeah, you know, when I, I guess I have to agree with you, when I hear someone like comic books, I'm like, okay, he's a bit nerdy. Um, you know, these are guys that like to not go outside. They're guys that are not very strong. They're guys yeah. that, um, you know, they have a problem uh, looking people in the eye and doing all that sort of normal stuff. But you seem... A, a bit different than that, um, how did you get into it?
2: Well, you know, when I was younger, I didn't really like to go outside, and I found it hard to look people directly in the eye. So a lot of times a comic book was the only friend I had, and you know, I grew up reading Superman, and um, some people don't care for this interpretation, but when I read Superman, that's Jesus, that's, that's right, right, that's right. I, I mean he came to this planet to protect us and save us. Mm-hmm. And he he works hard, you know, for truth and justice, just like Jesus. And in my unpublished Superman pitch, he dies at the end of 12 issues, crucified on a cross. Right, yeah, another one that got crucified.
0: I mean, I think that... You know, you said you mentioned DC and Marvel and all that, Yeah, oh, and yeah. I think it's actually cool that you've sort of um, paved your own road with your comic books, because honestly, when you do it based on the power of Jesus Christ, you're talking about real power. Like all these other things, my son gets into some of the DCs and Marvels, and he was telling me, I was watching the one with, um, what's that guy, uh, who's the guy who gets in the, he's an actor I love so well, he looks like an everyman, I really like him, he gets inside the suit and he flies, but he's human.
2: Oh, you're thinking of um, Robert Downey Jr. As Robert I- Downey. As Iron Man.
0: I think Robert Downey is a real I think he's a babe. I think he's cute. Junior. And um, my my son said, "Mom, Robert Downey, he um his character's an alcoholic." Junior. And I sa- and I said, "No, Robert Downey's not an alcoholic." And he said, "No, the character Junior. is an alcoholic." And so that's why he has to get in the in the suit that flies him around because he's on he's high on booze." And um I I just feel like, you know, he for instance doesn't have any powers. The Robert Downey character has no powers. And um and Junior. and if you think about um all those DC and Marvel ones those are made up powers but your characters are are channeling the power of Jesus which is a real power.
2: Yeah and you know I think your your point is a very salient one in that I am focusing on what people can access for real in their own lives and tap into their own power and yeah. I I don't think that that's a thing that should be looked down upon yeah. and I don't think that you see when I was growing up with comics In the 70s and into the 80s, comics changed. Yeah. Do you mind a little history lesson here? No, I'd love it. Well, I mean... Comics used to be very moral. Yep. They had a strong moral center, and they, they focused on helping people. Yep. And the characters that they portrayed focused on positive aspects. Yep. And then into the 80s and 90s, there was a gritty sort of intense wave of new writers who wanted to make everything ugly and coarse and grim and it broke my heart and robert downey jr's character iron man is an alcoholic in the comics that was something that that developed during that period and i thought that was despicable because before that he was just a millionaire playboy philanthropist and we all know that they always do the right thing
0: that's right that's right
2: You know, that is something that's interesting. That's a great story. You know, something
1: that I was interested in is I'm always kind of like, why do we have to have the superhero part? Because, you know, when I see Robert Downey just as his regular guy... Uh, being, you know, successful and interesting. He's got all these cool uh, science stuff. I'm just like, why don't we just watch that without all the other stuff that seems a little bit unbelievable? Because, you know, when you think about a guy flying and, um, you know, cha- doing these sort of like miraculous acts, you're kind of like, uh, that's not something that could really happen.
0: Yeah.
2: That is a great point. And that's part of the reason, you know, I love Captain Savior and I love the Apostles. Uh, they're a great superhero team, but superheroes are a little played out. And, and 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 seeing those things that are so unbelievable all the time and so ridiculous and, you know, it's like you can't just, like, take one thing and turn it into another thing just without any work. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. So that's why I'm focusing more on real-life stories and focusing on stories that are a little more personal and, and um, from the heart. My next series is going to be autobiographical about a boy who didn't quite know his place in the world. And he thought he found his place when he uh, found this art form. And then he was shunned by everyone uh, who was a practitioner of that art form. So then he, you know, struck out on his own and made his own way. And then he was crucified on the cross.
0: You know, I think this thing about all these, the the multiple um, unending crucifixions, that's really interesting to me is that you always, you kind of think that crucifixion Sort of was Jesus thing. You know, we all wear the crosses around our neck and all that stuff. And you just think of it as that was just Jesus. But you forget that um, John the Baptist was crucified. A lot of the apostles, uh, some of them were crucified upside down to be real cruel from the Romans and all that. And, you know, there were a lot of people who, were. I guess, I only think of Jesus as being crucified, but he did not have a monopoly on crucifixion, did he?
2: Yeah. Yeah, he did certainly did not. And uh, one of my other superhero characters, Samson, was crucified upside down. Oh, right.
0: wow! That just seems like super cruel. And
1: which is a real departure from the real story, which I liked because yeah. I, I, you know, you. that was the one that did surprise me. I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, it does end with the crucifixion. You know, I thought it would be, uh, you know, the temple falling on his head, but no, he actually, you know, he saves everyone from the temple falling down. But
2: then he walks outside, and whoops, there he goes, he's crucified. But if you look close, since I'm a writer and an artist, I have full control over the medium, which is really wonderful. If you notice, he's crucified upside down, and his head is touching a part of the temple.
1: Oh, wow. That's a nice, like, what, they, what do they say? An homage? Oh. An
2: homage. Yes, it's an, it's an homage.
0: And what you did with his long hair, it almost looks like, you know, when I saw Aquaman and everything was flowing like seaweed under the water. I thought you did that with Samson. Aquaman's a looked, terrible character.
2: Oh, is that right? Aquaman's a terrible character.
0: Oh. I I don't
2: want to talk about Aquaman. Oh, really? Uh, No.
0: I like that guy. I think he's married to Lisa Okay, well, we can't
2: talk about Aquaman, okay? I don't want to talk about Aquaman, and I don't think we should talk about Aquaman because there's a lot of things wrong with Aquaman that don't make any sense.
0: Is that right? I saw it on an American Airlines, and I thought it looked so cool. He had the trident, and you could be in the water, out of the water.
2: Look, okay, uh, you know, if you think people can breathe underwater, I guess that's your life. Okay.
0: Now, I do have to say, Stan, that I am very impressed with what you can do writing for these female characters. I sometimes I wonder, how does a fella know what it's like to be a woman? But boy do you, because you mentioned Mary Might and you mentioned the girl one, and I have to tell you, my favorite of all your female protagonists is the um what's it called? Oh, it's the it's the fabulous female where she has the whip and she has the um she has the shield and she has the whip and that long, beautiful black hair and the armor that she's wearing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Fabulous Female is a, is a really powerful message to young women and an inspiration to women everywhere and truly a feminist icon, I believe. And I think that, you know, her swimsuit looks sort of like the American flag, but is totally different than Wonder Woman. Because it's and, modest. Because it's it modest. modest. Mm-hmm.
0: And I appreciate that. My son, Day, he comes home with these comic books, and I have to throw them away because the women have—they're—they're they're drawn. Their bodies, they have these—they're—they're—they they, have these breasts, and they have these waists and legs and leg muscles, and they have lips and eyes and hair. And I'm like, this is going to cause my son to stumble in lust. I have to throw it away. But you make the females very modest, and I appreciate that.
2: Thank you, thank you. I try—I tried, try tried to use modesty. I do have to give credit to the larger industry, though. There has been a lot of progress in terms of uh their representation of females it's not perfect but they've gotten a lot better oh, but exactly. i really go the extra mile to make sure that uh you know that this woman is dressed in a way that is appropriate and yeah. not it, part pardon the word titillating yeah that's I, right i i don't want it to be titillating
1: oh i'm i'm lo- oh this is Oh, this is the fabulous female.
0: Yeah, that's it. Isn't that cool?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's this is like a woman. She's like
0: tailing and profile. She's got, she her got her shield. got a helmet
1: haircut. Yeah. She looks a bit. Yeah, that's
0: the fabulous. I thought, I thought
1: fabulous this was female. one of the apostles. I'm sorry. I thought this was little Jerry, the the youngest apostle.
2: No, no, no. Uh, it's easy to confuse some of my characters. Uh, I'm not great at hair.
1: Right. Yeah. Her, her hair is pretty. Yeah. It just kind of looks like a helmet, doesn't it? I,
2: I'm really working on it, and it, it. You know, that's one of the things I've been criticized on, and I, I'm very consciously drawing hair every day. I'm going to life. Uh, art classes, modest ones where people are not naked
0: oh, and, husband.
2: and making sure that I am doing life drawings and I'm working on hair. It's, it's really my weak point. You know, Rob Liefeld can't draw feet. Stan Young can't draw hair. What can you say about that? But, you know, I don't think that means that my message is still being lost. I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity here and um, I, I'm going to be, can I tell you guys a secret? Yeah. I went to Hollywood last year.
0: Is that right?
2: Oh, really? And, and you know, they are, hungry for superhero properties. And I talked to dozens of people about captain savior and there were, there was interest in creating a full CCU, you know, uh, you know, a Christian cinematic universe. And I think that we can get there. Um, if we just, you know, uh, support the books that I've got, you -hmm. know, if people buy those books, then there's a better chance that they'll, adapt one of them into a film. You know, if I get the chance to write the script, I can put in people like the fabulous female. I can put in Lieutenant awesome. I can put in, you know, Colonel kicks it. And I, they're all great. They're all great characters. They're nothing like the Marvel and DC characters that exist out there. Even though people think they are that if they read the comics and, and can see past the hair, they'll know that, uh, that there's really a beautiful story there. And, you know, um, A lot of the executives out in Hollywood were a little worried about the ending of the film always being a crucifixion. But I think over time, people will get used to that.
1: Hey, you know what? There's a great movie that ends with a crucifixion, The Passion of the Christ. And that that movie did very well. So maybe tell them that.
2: That's what I. That's what I told him.
1: You know, this is so fascinating, uh, Stan, because you know you've got a lot of characters. They've got a lot of fabulous. You've got a lot of fabulous characters. Literally, a lot of them have fabulous in the name. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them have helmet sort of hair. Uh, you've you've done it by yourself. And I guess I would be remiss if I didn't ask for the listeners um, just to give them a little description here. You're currently in a, I guess what I would call a full body cast uh, with. Yeah. You've kind of got plaster up from your neck down, down your whole torso there, and I guess what is that? A few of your things in traction. Um, yeah, is, is everything okay?
2: Uh, well, thank you for asking. First of all, I I didn't know if you had noticed, and um, see, the thing is, I I tried as a stunt to get more um attention for my comics and a potential cinematic universe based on my comics. I dressed up like captain savior. Awesome. And I, um, I went out and I tried to fight crime. Wow. Okay. And I, I was jumping, um, from from one rooftop to another. I never found, I never found any crime
0: here in uh, Indianapolis.
2: Yeah. I looked everywhere. I mean, I, I found some homeless people and I I tried to help them. You know, I gave them some money and uh, a card of a place where they could go to get some help. Um, but then I, you know, get it one getting on a rooftop is a lot harder than it sounds. And by yeah. the time I got up there, I was tired and really kind of sure. like out of energy. And then but then I, you know, I did it. I took a run. I was going to jump to the next rooftop. Yeah. Luckily, I was only two stories up. It's truly a miracle because I should be dead. Um, yeah. But I think uh I think the fact that there was uh, a, a fire escape there, uh, even though I bounced off of it, uh, it did slow down the acceleration uh, before I hit the ground. Oh. And I, I did land in a dumpster like a, a 1980s comedy, but um, it it turned out that, um, you know, uh, an empty dumpster isn't really that much better than landing on the street.
0: Oh, I know. Tell that to a baby after prom.
1: And, what was the building that you climbed up to to then f- essentially crucify yourself off?
2: Well, I you know I was downtown and uh, I climbed up to the top of Saint Emil's Steakhouse, and the convention center is a lot further away than it looks. Um, so, um, uh, I just you know I, I, down 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 I went. Um, and, wow. but, and was
1: this during uh, the Comic Con?
2: Uh, this is during Gen Con. There's a big uh, gaming convention there uh, that I like okay. to go to. Oh.
0: That's cool. Is does Gen stand for Genesis?
2: Truthfully it stands for Geneva. It used to be in Geneva, Wisconsin, then they moved it to Indianapolis and kept the name Gen Con. It doesn't oh. make any sense.
0: Wow. Well I'll tell you what, having a hurt yourself doing your own stunts, you're in good company because I know that Tom Cruise does his own stunts and he recently broke his ankle or something in a Mission Impossible because he was jumping from building to building and um he had to get back in fighting shape because I think he was the protagonist in Aquaman and he had to grow ah, his hair no. out uh. and he was shirtless the whole time, which I wasn't mad at because um I kinda grew up on um Top Gun.
2: Aquaman is blonde, first of all. He's blonde, okay? And his powers don't make any sense, and he shouldn't be on the Justice League, and I don't know why they would replace Martian Manhunter with Cyborg when you could replace Aquaman with anybody.
1: I mean, I thought Jason Momoa looked good in that, though. Oh,
2: that's who that was. I
0: wish that they had put Robert Downey in it, but I want to see Junior. him in everything. I wish they would have put Downey as um, Spider-Man, Junior. because I thought Place the best Spider-Man, Spider-Man of all time— Who was the best one? Who was that Spider-Man I love so well Tom who Holland. did the upside-down kissing? Uh, Toby
2: McGuire.
0: Yeah, he was the best Spider-Man. I'd like Toby to see him as Spider-Man. Maguire? You'd and like to see I, Toby
2: Maguire? You'd like to see 45-year-old Toby Maguire as Spider-Man again?
0: I think he's a true romance.
1: <sighs> so, Stan, I guess my other question, and it's not really about the uh, the cast, is did you draw some of these drawings while you were in the cast? Because it does seem like they sort of, uh, you know, the, the quality of the drawing is a bit denigrated here for these more more recent recent drawings
2: uh some of them yes um but the truth is my bones are sort of brittle and i usually have at least one cast on okay so uh most of my drawings are mid-cast are you married i'm sorry are you married no
1: um
2: i i i I wanted to i wanted to be married and um there uh there was um a person in my life who i was close to for a while and um then we went and saw Aquaman.
1: So is that why you tried to do was, was the jumping from the building uh sort of some sort of okay. romantic gesture?
2: Yeah, I mean, I see what you're getting at. I mean, you know, maybe Samantha doesn't quite think that, you know, the Christian cinematic universe is ever going to come together, but I believe that it can. And just because she left and she married Marty doesn't mean that I'm not going to find someone else who I love. But, you know, maybe if I stage an actual, you know, uh, uh, capture an actual criminal and I actually become Captain Savior, then maybe I can win her back, and maybe someone will buy this script, and maybe someone will start buying these independent comics, and I'm self-publishing, and maybe, maybe, maybe then everything will be okay.
0: Now, speaking of Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson is a big, uh, he's a big advocate for uh, Christ-centered content. He's the one who did the Jim Caviezel Passion of the Christ. So I feel like if you could get out to Hollywood and meet Mel Gibson, uh, you know, he he could maybe really champion your projects. <sighs> I mean, yeah. who knows? He might even be able to get Gal Gadot to be the fabulous female because she's from Israel. Guess who else was from Israel?
2: Jesus
1: well, Stan, do you have any um, upcoming titles that, uh, you know, that people can be on the lookout for? You know, I've brought a bunch of these um, comics of yours to Climax because I figured uh, a lot of my kids would really enjoy them. They haven't picked them up yet, but they uh, yeah. are definitely something that I think teens should enjoy. Do you have anything that, uh, that that readers can be looking out for?
2: Yes. I, you know, like I said before, I love playing with genre and Um, You know, a lot of people think of Star Wars as a film franchise. Personally, I think the expanded universe that takes place in the novels and the comic books is far more interesting. So you really get to spend some time with those people and learn about them in a different way. So I'm working on my own space opera. It's called Space Savior.
0: Wow, that's cool.
2: It's going to be an epic galaxy spanning story about a young Christian Knight. His name is Lake Skymaker.
0: Yes, yes.
2: He is going to go on a journey to become a Christian Knight. And spoiler alert, he's going to have to face some pretty hard challenges. He might even have to face someone from his own family. And then at the end, when he finally confronts this person from his family, no spoilers. <laughs> He gets crucified and dies for everyone's sins.
1: Yeah, right. I probably should have seen that coming.
0: Is it his father?
2: Yeah, it's his father.
1: Wait, so just one question about that. So he's kind of a Christ figure, and he has to confront his father, so he's yeah. confronting God, and then he gets crucified for it?
0: Well, it's kind of interesting. If you think about it in terms of Darth Vader trying to kill Luke, I mean, I guess God did kill Jesus.
2: Okay, this is a totally different story, but... um the father figure it turns out is also christ
1: so christ kills himself
2: they both decide to crucify each other to die for our sins together
1: you know it's kind of like any story when you start kind of looking too far into it it Uh
2: gets a bit confusing i mean i guess that's one way of looking at it i like to think that questions just beget more questions
0: Stan Young was played by Matt Young. Many of you know him by his brilliant character Usador on his podcast Hello from the Magic Tavern. It's one of my all-time faves, so if you haven't checked it out, you'll love it follow him at more people happy i'm holly laurent playing hallie labont and gray haas is played by greg hess you can follow me at holly laurent and follow greg at hey greg hess and of course mega is on your favorite form of social media and that is at mega the podcast email your mailbag questions to mega the podcast at gmail and for a special spot in heaven rate and review us on itunes and support us on patreon